Hello, welcome to Local Anaesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. Uh, This is episode 55 now, and we can be found on our website, which is www.lapodcast.net. You can find us on Facebook at uh, www.facebook.com forward slash lapodcast. We're on Twitter at lapodcast. And if you want to email us in any stories from your local area that have amused you, that you think we would find amusing, or maybe they're just so banal they're amusing. Absolutely. Um, the email is lapodcast.net at gmail.com. Now we're going to... Uh, I would, I would uh, begin just by saying that in between the last recorded episode and this, uh, Rob, you suffered a bout of gastroenteritis, is that correct? That is correct, yes. Are you sure that's what it was? Um, well, the, the vomiting and diarrhoea certainly seems to suggest that. Could have been food poisoning? Could have been food poisoning. I thought that was the same thing. No. They're entirely not? different. Gastroenteritis is a viral... Uh, infection. Well, I, I sp- food po- for, for example, if you had food poisoning, that wouldn't be contagious, but gastroenteritis would. Well, I, I phoned up the uh, the the NHS one 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 number. I think it is direct NHS uh, yeah, direct, or whatever yeah. you know. Yeah, and um, I spoke to one of their medical advisors. I'm not sure she had any sort of medical training, um, and she seems to suggest that it sounded like it did sound like um, uh, gastroenteritis. So it wasn't related to the hot dogs. A of no, I don't think so. I think you're safe on those grounds. Because I wondered if they'd just taken a while to work their way through your system. It is possible. I, I, I suspect it was probably the Chinese I had the night before. Um, because a, a then that wouldn't that be gastroenteritis. That would be food poisoning. Yeah. But the symptoms are almost indistinguishable, aren't they? Yeah, I th- I, she seems to suggest that the reason, because I had a temperature, it was more likely to be gastroenteritis. But I don't know. Either way, it wasn't particularly pleasant. This is getting quite dull. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, my, my ring piece is still stinging. Um, I'm going to move on now. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to move on now to a feature that we we uh, dumped sometime. We ago. never dumped it. We just Did we said, not? no. We never. We never came back to it though. No, we never dumped it. I still check my spam emails. Oh, okay. When I get ones that are funny, yeah. So we're doing a spam email. Rob's got a yeah. spam email. Oh, actually, I decided to go back into the old lo- local anaesthetic podcast email address to see, yes. and there was there was a few emails in the, the very unwieldy local anaesthetic podcast at gmail.com. That's the one. Yeah, not we're, our current email address. No. Although, if you do send an email to that one, it will still get. We will still pick it up. Yeah, um, it is from Miss Connie Tome, uh, who starts, "My dear God in Christ," <laughs> I didn't know she cared. Uh, I don't want you to feel sorry for me because I believe everyone will die someday. I think she's on something there. <laughs> she could be. Yeah. She believes everyone will die someday. Yep. Right, okay. Everyone will die someday. Thank I mean, you. yeah, I think she, she may be right. My <laughs> name is Miss uh, Connie Tome, and I've been diagnosed with... I don't know what this word is, Alex. I'm Can not ashamed to say that. What type of cancer is that? Esophagus, uh, esophagus isn't it? Esophagus. Esophageal, esophageal cancer. Esophageal. Yeah. Esophageal. Cancer. No, she's just spelt it wrong. Sorry, it's esophageal cancer. Oh, okay. That's right. why I was struggling to read it. Uh, okay. Cancer of the esophagus. Right. Okay. I want God to be merciful to me and accept my soul. So I've decided to give. I up want God to be merciful to me and and accept my soul. And accept so, my soul. So I've decided to give arms to chapel organisations and not weapons arms. Because as you asked me once, ALMS, as yes. a charitable donation. That's correct, yes. Um, although she knows she Not is Not provide from, arms to Zimbabwe. Uh, no, uh, although she is from a foreign country, so it could be either. Um, uh, as I want this to be my last good deed, I do on earth. So far, I have distributed money to some charitable organisations in Omar, Algeria and Malaysia. Mm. Interesting selection of countries. Yeah. Her choice, of course. Yeah. Uh, now that my, my health has deteriorated so badly... I cannot do this for myself anymore. I once asked members of my family to close one of my accounts and distribute the money which I've 
which I have here, uh, for, for charitable organisations in Bulgaria and Pakistan, they refused and kept the money to themselves. Yeah, we've had, this is carbon copy of one I read before. I mean, it's almost identical. It's brilliant. Well, I like the idea. <laughs> I like the idea. I mean, I did, it didn't happen, of course, but uh, yeah, it's just yeah, trusted family member who just stole the money. Yeah, it's nice. She happens, died of cancer. Happens all the time. I'm kicking the teeth. Um, but then, as she says, everyone will die someday. The last of my money, which no one knows of, is a huge cash deposit of United States do- dollars, uh, which I've left in a finance security company. I want you to dispatch its charitable organisations, if only you will be sincere. God be with you. P.S. Please do not share my email address with anyone I receive some emails from, uh, as I receive some some emails from unscrupulous people claiming to be charitable organisations and other weird stories. (laughs) (laughs) And other weird stories for our episode title. Charitable organisations and other weird stories. Brilliant. Um, I just wanted to pick up something. I know this isn't real, um, but if it was, the, the the glaring flaw in her old email is saying that because of her present physical condition, she doesn't have the strength, she doesn't have the ability to, to do the fairly simple task of of donating money to charitable organisations, which can all be done online. Yes. But she has the strength to write this rather lengthy email. Yes, mm. to, to random people, and I'm guessing probably we're not the only people that she sent this email to. I mean, I'm not saying she... she you're, you're getting confused again to thinking it's real. Yeah, that, that's true. But I, oh yes, that's 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 the mistake I've made. She, she was luring me in there for a second. Yeah. I started to feel sorry for her. This is like Inception. It's all getting very confusing. But just like to just like to confirm again that she's right that everyone will someday die. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> now, Rob, I'm going to um, kick us off here. I have two editor's eyes for us this week. Because two? for the listener who won't know this, there's been a delay in recording the last episode and this episode. It shouldn't actually really affect when episodes go up, but there has been a delay. And what, that, what that's meaning... I would say the last few episodes have been quite prolonged, so there has been a longer week, week break. So I think one's about nine days and one was about eight days. So that's why the delay is coming. Right, and so basically I now have two editor's eyes. So I'm... Going, I've got I've got an editor's eye sandwich for you this week, Rob. I'm going to start with an editor's eye. A pair eye. of eyes, you could say. A pair of eyes, yes, but with with a nose in between, because that would be the sandwich. Confusing. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah okay. Listen to me. <laughs> Sorry. Because I'm going to read an editor's eye at the beginning. Later in the episode, I'm going to read my middle story, the meat of my sandwich, which is a hilarious story, and then I'm going to finish with an editor's eye. Okay. But I shall begin with the first editor's eye. Um, this is the uh, editor of the new shopper, Andrew Parks. For anybody who doesn't know, we read his. He, he releases an article every week under the under this uh, guise of editor's eye comment, and um, we are collecting all of his 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 brilliant journalistic works on a Facebook page, which Absolutely. is www.facebook.com forward slash Britain's Angriest Hack. Mm-hmm. That's correct. All the stories are up there, so please go there for your reading pleasure. Which you can witness the slow deterioration and mental breakdown of one man. Absolutely. And this is his latest effort, Rob. Well, it isn't his latest. I'll end with his latest one, but this was last week's effort. Let children get some sunshine. Editor's eye comment. Right. You're looking very interested. Let me guess. There's been... Could this relate to the short spell of sunshine we had and he's encouraging children to play in the sun? Basically, yes. Right. But, you know, it's the way it's written, isn't it? Of course. Uh, and it just starts off with a strap line. With a rise in the case of rickets, would kids be better off if they saw more sunlight? Sorry, have we re-entered Victorian London again? <laughs> we must have done. Case of rickets, is yeah. that true? Well, like, he's a, he's a journalist, it must be. 
Sunshine, even just a little bit, lifts spirits more than anything else. It may be an old saying, but you can see why spreading a ray of sunshine caught on. A few brighter days and people's whole demeanour changes. All of a sudden, everyone is interested to be out and about and doing things. Of course, any sane person would prefer a sunny day to piddling down rain. Not everyone. What about manic depressive? They like rain. <laughs> Rob, can we have another idea of piddling down rain for an episode time? <laughs> um, uh, any sane person would prefer a sunny day to piddling down rain. Uh, but our client, <laughs> it's interesting because piddling is, a, is another word for pissing. Yeah. So he wanted to say pissing down rain. I think he was in an angry mood. <laughs> but our changing climate means yeah, that the weather... Like, he's always in an angry mood. Oh, I know. <laughs> but our changing climate means that when the weather improves, our related mood changes to a far greater extent than previously. So I'm finding it really hard to continue with that. <laughs> anyway. I'm, I'm keen to see where this is going, but I'm pretty sure it's going nowhere. All of a sudden, we're more polite, more thoughtful and more caring. Yeah, Perhaps we're so. happier to help because it's warmer rather than simply keeping our heads down in an effort to get through the torrential rain. But this doesn't explain the fact that usually miserable drivers also magically become more courteous on the road. No, it's clear to me we undergo a chemical change and are just far more friendly when the sun shines. Again, it's like he thinks he's discovered something. We know that sunshine boosts vitamin it's D, medically which proven. does boost the chemical change. What's wrong with you this man? fucking idiot. Add this to the highly disturbing fact that more children are getting rickets and it's high time we got more sunshine. I know the world's got all jumpy about kids getting skin cancer, but it's all about moderation. Even rolling up your sleeves from time to time would make a difference and up your intake of vitamin D. So, while I'm obviously not advocating anyone lets their kids burn... <laughs> we, is there not a better way you could have put that? <laughs> we don't always have to immediately slap on Factor 100 sun cream and a stupid hat. A very good episode title. Factor 100 sun cream and a stupid hat. He's, he's giving them to us in abundance this week. Occasionally, we need to let our children get some sunshine on their bodies. And if we are lucky enough to see some breaks in the clouds... This is the perfect time of year to do it. I don't it. understand what he means because they are doing that by putting <laughs> sun cream on their kids so they can play outdoors. <laughs> Mind you, with the way our British weather changes, it will probably be already raining cats and dogs by the time you're reading this. Comments. What? The, oh, you can't end a story like that. He did. They're getting. Le- he's putting less and less effort in. <laughs> Banjo8 says, Here he goes again, banging on about things he should leave to the medical experts. Why does he always think he knows best? Have you even got kids? Would you let them out to get burnt in the sun? <laughs> um, he, Andrew Parks does have kids because there was a story where he talked about taking his son to the cinema. Oh, yes. That was a fascinating one. Go on to the Facebook page, you can read them all. It really is worth it. Mm. Antita says, I totally agree with him. Kids are puny and white, slathered in factor F nose. They will die stuck in his... I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, it's just like you're spamming Whoa, 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 whoa. What? I'm going to read yes. I totally agree with him. Kids are puny and white, slathered in factor F nose. They will die, stuck in front of the TV or playing their darling Wii games. Stroke, load of stuff. <laughs> okay, if the sun don't shine, then obviously no one can get any vit D, can they? I would love a bit of sunshine. XXXXX. Oh, some, nice, some nice kisses there as well, off, off that clearly deluded commenter. Banjo 8. Uh, has another comment only thing is he got right is the fact that weather has changed it's chucking it down now stop building an ark and uh, and Jippo Joe says tries to make a sort of topical comment I think we all know you can't let your kids outside anymore what about all the killer foxes running around not to mention catholic priests unnecessary <laughs> I feel 
so just to sum, just to, uh, to sum up, you can't let your kids outside because of paedophiles, foxes, and the sun. Yeah. Enjoy the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, for me this week, it's a bit of a follow-up special, Alex. Mm-hmm. I hope you'd be happy to say. I made a plea last week for a listener to submit a story. And From abroad? No. Oh. No, don't be daft. That never, never happens. Ben has found the story about the cat from the Brighton Argus. Let me see if I can remember the headline. Wasn't the headline... So this was a, 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 a board yep. outside a newsagent with a headline, <clears> you know, those boards you see, and it just said... Was it cat chokes on mouth? Uh, cat chokes on mouth? Yeah. Pretty close enough here. I think it was Kitten Jokes on Mouse, but that's, yeah, more or less a story. I'm sure it was Kitten. Well, let's not be pedantic, eh? Okay. Oh, that reminds me. We haven't sent the picture off yet to that man. Well, that's because you've got it. Oh, yeah. I'll get that to you. We, we wanted to send a picture. We took a picture last week of Rob's cat yep. next to a very, very small little figure, one of my small little Star Wars little, little Stormtrooper, yeah. Little Stormtrooper. And we're going to send it to him to say that we've spotted a big cat because yeah. he hunts big cats in Britain. Hopefully, he'll find it funny and not send us uh, quite a, uh, an angry email. Well, it'd be good if either, either one would be good. That's true, actually. I think yeah. I prefer the angry email, then we could read it out. Good point, good point, yeah. Um, well, it's all good publicity. So, this is from the Brian Argus. Um, the story is by Ben James. And the headline Kitten has lucky escape after biting off more than he can chew. Clever. Mm. Uh, this kitten got embroiled in a tricky tale after biting off more than he could chew. Chew, even. Ravenous eight-week-old Socks thought he spotted a snack when he saw a mouse scuttling across the floor. Well, he did spot a snack. Well, exactly, yeah. The ambitious Moggy pounced and gobbled it down, but his dinner soon started to repeat on him, and the porpoise was left struggling to breathe. Porpoise? thought it was a cat. No, it's a porpoise, Alex. Right. A domesticated porpoise. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I've heard about that. Mice. Um, that was porpoise, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. Yeah, porpoise. Uh, let's move on. Socks was rushed to. What the are you saying? Porpoise. A porpoise. Actually, it's kind of like a dolphin. It doesn't even say porpoise, it says poorly puss. You're not talking about porpoise again, are you? With your right wing sort of views about poor people. Look, you know, they, they should be eating mice, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Off the benefits. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they begging? Why are they begging on the street when there are mice running around? Socks rushed the. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Socks was rushed to the St Anne's vets in Eastbourne, where the mouse's tail had found was found lodged in his throat. Men of field, strange name, from the vet said, "I wonder whether he had swallowed something uh, that was something stuck in his throat." Or whether he had ingested something toxic that was causing his airways to, to start closing I could up. have, well, I could have speculated that, and I'm not even a vet. Yeah, I looked down his throat, but I uh, couldn't see anything. D- to be fair, it doesn't say she, she is a vet. She just says she's from the vet. She could be the receptionist for all we know. Uh, she looked down his throat, but couldn't see anything, and took him out the back to put him on oxygen. <laughs> they gave it to took him out the back <laughs> um, to beat him senseless. <laughs> Talk. I don't know what I'm talking about. Sorry. You get talking a cat torturing I was about to say I thought because that cat was nicked and tortured wasn't it yeah I, I'm not sure she was trying to administer mouse to mouse oh. mouse to mouse <laughs> very good that, that was, was an unintentional pun by the way yeah, that, was, that was a slip of the tongue um, they gave the kitten an injection to calm him down and took an x-ray which revealed the, the cause of the problem she added his stomach was full of air and something dense that looked like bone we had to anaesthetize anaesthe- I can't say this word this is anaesthe- our podcast yeah, anaesthetise yeah, anaesthetise thank you uh, to take a second x-ray and couldn't believe what they saw. 
there's a mouse's tail stuck in his airway and the bone in his stomach was clearly the rest of the mouse. So what happened then? Then the mouth had... What, he had ingested the, the body of the mouse and right, basically... his tail hadn't... hadn't. I guess so. And then it got, obviously got caught in his windpipe. Um, Sounds like he swallowed the mouse whole. Yeah, it might have done. And then the mouse just died inside of him because it would have been alive. Well, he might then... chewed the mouse. I mean, the, you know, let's, let's got too, too graphic, but yeah, I'm, I'm guessing he might okay. have chewed it. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily. The veterinary team set about removing the tail but struggled due to the, the size of the kitten's mouth. Eventually, it was, it was down to vet Jim Dash <laughs> who managed <laughs> to pull it from the throat to the sounds of cheers and high fives. <laughs> oh, Jim Dash, veterinary <laughs> surgeon. I high get, fives. I just got the impression of all these... <laughs> Sort of nurses swooning. Oh, Jim, you've done it again. Oh, Mr. Dash. <laughs> Isn't he so dashing? That's an awful pun. Uh, sorry. Jim Dash. There's an ITV show in this. Yeah. Jim Dash, vet. <laughs> vet expert, Jim Dash. <laughs> Do you yeah, he would say, you could just imagine turning from... Uh, to, Do you reckon he drives a Porsche? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Turn it to medical emergencies. <laughs> um... Mrs. Fields uh, added... I'm not sure who Mrs. Field is. Uh, he woke... Oh, sorry, that's Mena. Uh, he woke up from his anaesthetic and went home that evening absolutely fine and off to cause more trouble. Jim Dash? Uh, no, not Jim Dash, the kid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Jim Dash. Maybe he celebrated by taking an anaesthetic. Um, it was a strange one, but something I had to deal with before. He's certainly, a, he's certainly an ambitious cat. I had no idea how he managed to get the mouse down, down his throat. Socks he ate it. has now made a full recovery. Yes. Well, he tried to eat it and the mouse scurried down his throat. It's not that hard to work out. Yeah, we, again, we don't know who, uh, who this Menafield is. And I, I would say she's the receptionist. What an extraordinary story. Um, Boing Boing says, bless. Meanwhile, is RSCH still having a crisis? I don't know who RSCH are. RSCH. Royal thought... Society for the... Royal Society. For it's not life. mentioned anywhere. Oh, there's one more comment that mentions it. But if anyone could work out what that is, I'd like to know. Did you type because... it into Google? No. Uh, Anna Philactic says, "Who cares about RSCH?" Yeah, that? that's clever. Yeah, it's clever. Uh, this is this is Paulette surprise territory. Barbara Argos, the bleeding edge of investigative journalism. Royal <laughs> Sussex County Hospital, Brighton and Sussex. Oh, I guess maybe maybe it's closing down. Right. Um, sorry, let me say that again so it makes it sound a bit more coherent. Bravo, Argus, the, the bleeding edge of investigative journalism. Um, bleeding edge of investigative journalism is a good idea. Yeah. And uh, the very last comment, uh, no, sh- sorry, no Solutions says, high-fiving? Is there anything we haven't copied for the Americans? That person is an eternal cynic, not only because of that comment, but because their commenter name is... No solution. <laughs> yeah. There is no solution to anything. Just to moan. I don't know how professional it is, though, in the veterinary surgery to high-five your staff. Okay, I don't... <laughs> I don't know where the where high-fiving comes from, so let's challenge this I'm person. hoping they, have, they wouldn't high-five if they just killed something. No, I'm saying she's... He's saying, dead! She's saying... High-five! Listen to me, she's saying we copied it from the Americans. It, I always assumed it was, Amer- it was American. So let's find out where it begins. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not entirely sure. Basically, it comes from originating with a low five, which was part of African-American culture since at least World War II. So people, they do an, a low five, and that's where the high five, high five came out of. It's probably impossible to know exactly when the low five first transitioned to a high, but there are many theories about its inception. 
Magic Johnson once suggested that he invented the high five at Michigan State. <laughs> Other than suggested it originated in the women's volleyball circuit of the 1960s. What interesting facts. <laughs> I have a very serious story now, and uh, look, let's be honest. I'm going actually. I'm just going to level with you on this. Oh, this is a story ways. which is. I'm just going to say it. There are elements of the story in the way it's written which are comical. Oh fuck you! Oh, this is going to be so. This is going to be like that couple. What? Do you remember that that that, that bloody letter we, that yeah. you read out? Yeah. So I felt awful after laughing at that. Did you? It was really tragic. It was very sweet and very tragic, but Jesus Christ, it was funny. Yes. Uh, well, it's, it's a bit... Yeah, well, hang on, I'm just going to read it to you. Um, it's fr- well, yeah, I, and we're not making light, I, well, and I'm not making light, and Rob, I'm sure, will not be making light of, of the incident I'm going to describe here. Oh, God. But the circumstances around it are bizarre. It's from the new shopper, Rob, and the headline is... I want you to listen carefully to this. Right. Don't be doing anything else. You listen. I'm, I'm always listening to you, Alex. Granny disguised. Even when I'm not. <laughs> Granny disguised man wanted after girl assaulted in Bromley Park. Oh God! Bromley police need assistance oh. identifying a man who assaulted a 12-year-old girl in Shaftesbury Park, Bromley, whilst disguised as a granny. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, I'm. The suspect's oh. curious attire included a grey Granny-style wig. <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't... Okay, go on, go A on. fake mole on his right cheek. Which fell off during the assault. <laughs> and a walking stick. Uh, it's that's to- awful. The incident occurred when the girl and her friend were playing in the park at lunchtime on Saturday, February 24th. When our friend briefly went to the shops, the man approached the victim, threw his walking stick to the side, <laughs> pushed her off a swing and pinned her to the ground. Oh, God. He lifted her top, but she kicked him in the jaw. Good honour, by the way. Sorry, and kicked him in the jaw? Kicked him in the jaw. If she's been pinned by the... Don't start saying that she's making it no, up, I'm Rob. not saying that. For the no. love of God. <laughs> Can I just make clear now? At no stage I was trying, I was saying right, that so she, just she's leave making this up. So just leave your analysis, detective. I'm just saying he's very limber, that's all. He lifted her top as she kicked him in the jaw and escaped, running off across the park. The man towards, then ran towards, towards Hobbycraft. The man then yeah. ran towards Hobbycraft. No, he, <laughs> right. he ran towards Valeswood Road. Right. The victim described the suspect as a dark-skinned black male, in his late teens, approximately five foot nine inches tall, with brown eyes and lots of nasal hair. <laughs> oh. That's he had a gold tooth on the upper right of his mouth. Jesus Christ! Next to the central teeth, scabby lips. Oh. Stubble. He sounds like a vagrant. Stubble and a silver stud earring in his right ear. <laughs> Scabby lips. Good name for a band, that, Rob. Yeah. Below the wig, the victim was able to see a dreadlock with a yellow, green and red hairband on it. This disguise was pathetic. The suspect also so wore... So Jamaican, though. Three metal... Let's not make assumptions. Three metal patterned rings, one on each thumb and one on his right forefinger. He spoke with a Jamaican accent. There we go. <laughs> and was wearing black suit trousers and a jacket. So now... <laughs> Sorry. This, this is an awful lot of detail. Let me finish the description. Right. So he's, wearing, so he's wearing a black, black suit trousers and a jacket, white shirt, a black bow tie, <laughs> polished black shoes, a black belt with a gold buckle, and brown, blue and yellow braces with... 
the grey wig and fake mole and walking stick. Why would he think that a granny would be walking around in a suit and bow tie? What I love about I this guy is this is, his own, shoes. this is his only outfit, right? Because he's a vagrant, right? Yeah. And he just thinks, right, I want to look like a granny to lure this girl. So I'm going to put on this wig and mole. Where do you even buy a fake mole? I reckon it was just like a... a That's piece... kind of a joke shot. I think it was a piece of shit. Escorting. I think it was a piece of shit. It could have been. That fell off. That's even worse. Comments. Fucking hell, that's a lot of detail. Comments. Brooke says, and his name was Leroy. Description too good to be true. I sure, don't know why they're, why they're saying... Yeah, I, I think that's a lyric. Jippo uh, Joe says, is April the 1st. Now... The, these those first two comments unleashed a torrent of 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 I can imagine. shit. <laughs> Gottel of Gear says, "No joke, guys. Someone's daughter has been assaulted. She was obviously a very brave, very plucky young lady. Not only to fight him off, but to get such a brilliant description. Hopefully, the police will know exactly who this scumbag is and go and bash his back doors in. Not a <laughs> <laughs> not a euphemism. No, no. Know. I'm sorry. That is a euphemism. Um, Mouth Almighty just says, yeah. That's a good point. Mike Honcho says, this story sounds a tad embellished to me. Sorry, what? what, what Mike, Mike Honcho, Honcho right. says, this story sounds a tad embellished to me. Patrick Grafton Green, are you sure you ain't been on the piss? It's a bit early for St. Patrick's Day, son. Busy Mum says, when I read the headline, I thought the attacker was dressed as a woman, but it turns out he was in a black tie with a grey wig and walking stick. Worryingly odd write-up, and yet a fantastic description from a 12-year-old. Hope someone recognises him. That's a good point. How do we know he wasn't trying to disguise himself as a granddad rather than a granny? Yeah, because I mean, if see if he's had a grey wig on, he's just like trying maybe he's just trying to make himself look older. <laughs> or maybe that was his hair. This is just completely farcical. Uh, busy mum, uh, uh, sorry, Antita says about twenty five years ago, someone dressed in in quotes old ladies' clothes killed a young girl on the Orpington train. Sod you, stupid people who comment and know nothing. You really piss me off. What's their comment? Is that it? <laughs> okay. Kent Lad said, totally agree. The idiots who make jokes of these things obviously have nothing better to do with their lives and can't have any children, otherwise they wouldn't make such stupid comments. That's us. Let's hope they catch him quickly before anyone else is targeted. Uh, Tustastic says, welcome to Soft Touch Britain, where as long as you want to come to this country, you'll be allowed in. Total scum, I hope he's deported. Um, the Wall says, how do you know this scum's not born in this country? Maybe lay off reading the Daily Fail. Uh, Marty, 1979, says, if, if the fake mole fell off, then surely the police could get DNA. Mm, yeah, possibly. Um, Kent Lad responds... Lesson here is just dog shit. Kent Lad responds to Antita's uh, rant <laughs> about saying, thought you stupid people who know nothing. Um, and the other people who say, totally agree, these people are idiots. Um, they just said, get over it and yourself... And Banjo8 says, humour is subjective. In my humble opinion, you are not funny. A couple of times you've accidentally said funny things, but generally I think people are not laughing with you. Is that a review of our podcast? <laughs> I love the fact you said, sometimes you say things funny, but generally it's shit. Yes. And Banjo8 comes back, because I think they were one of the ones who originally wrote one of these funny, in quotes, comments, okay. to the wall, and says, I couldn't give a flying monkey feck about what people think about me on air. It's the interweb, and it's just words on a screen. I'm not here to make virtual friends, and I'm not here to amuse people. If people don't like my opinion or what I write, tough. Move on. Get over it. I do like flying monkey feck as an episode title. Can we have smash your back doors in? <laughs> I couldn't help thinking that the people on, the, on the, these comments... I don't know... Oh, kind of. I mean, when they get worked up about these, you know, these these doll scroungers and so on, and and uh, these are people who are probably unemployed. 
Yeah. They, they literally have nothing better to do because they, they, it's the same people commenting it, week in, week out about the same mind-numbing topics, <laughs> expressing their narrow-minded opinions, and we love them for it. You remember the man who was touching himself in the cinema? The one, yeah, that was only last week, wasn't it? Or was that the week before? I can't remember, personally. Uh, it's been a mother and a daughter go to see a film. Yes. Was it called Sapphire or something? Sapphire, yes. yes. Right. It's only them two in the cinema and some guy who apparently is a regular patron in the cinema. They believe that he's masturbating. They report it. Um, a judge, it goes to court, and the judge travels all the way down to the cinema yep. to go and sit in the seats they were sitting in yep. to see if it would be possible to see somebody else masturbating. That's the story. The man who was, who was accused of masturbating says... I was not masturbating, I was scratching warts on my chest. That's correct. Good memory. Here's the follow-up. Good. You've got two follow-ups this week, then? Yes. This is from the South Wales or no, the first one wasn't a follow-up, bro. Well, it was, really. Whatever, I just get on with it. Yeah. It's a bit of continuity, there. The story's from the South Wales Argus. It was submitted by Craig, and the headline is Riz Car Teacher Relieved as Indecent Ordeal <laughs> Ends. Can I, can, can I just say, are they taking the piss? With that headline. Risk our teacher at home. <laughs> Risk our teacher... <laughs> I've never heard Risk our teacher relieved. Relieved is in, is in brackets. Is it as well? Look. In quotes. Risk our teacher in quotes relieved as... As in... As, as what's the rest of the headline? Uh, as in decent ordeal ends. As in decent ordeal yeah. ends. So the insinuation is that he, he, he celebrated winning his case by masturbating. Yeah. In court. Some warts. In court, which the uh, the judge and the, copied. Uh, <laughs> but can you imagine that's, that's that in that case? The judge rules him innocent, and then he gets it out and just starts masturbating. Because he can't change it then, can he? You can't say, shit, no, you're suddenly guilty. Because well, that no, would no, sort of prove that this man was... was. Well, no, because it would have to be dealt with two separate instances. Oh, yeah, well, like, whatever, yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever, Serpico. Yeah, um, judge Dredd, get on with it. <laughs> Uh, a teacher cleared in court of committing an indecent act in the cinema said he was relieved the ordeal was all over. <laughs> he thanked the hundreds of, of, of parents and people who have supported him against... Uh, sorry, after a district judge found him not guilty of committing an act of outraging public decency. Nigel Blunt, 55, the Crescent Road Rizcar, has been accused of touching himself inappropriately at Newport Cineworld on November 8th last year by a mother and her young daughter. But at Cumbrian Magistrates Court, District Judge Richard Williams said they had misinterpreted something innocent. How does he know? How did he know? Okay. In pointing the finger of blame, um, a trial started earlier this month and District Judge took the, the unusual step visiting the cinema yesterday. <laughs> um, he sat where the mother and daughter had been sitting, with Mr Blunt taking the same seat he was he in. He actually took Mr. did take Mr Blunt down there and he what said, masturbate. <laughs> Start touching yourself now. <laughs> this is like, this is unbelievable. What, what area of the country is this going on in again? This is Wales. Right. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> you can't say it like that. I just did. No, okay. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Blunt, is your penis exposed yet? Could you just tell me? Yeah. Are you ready to start masturbating? <laughs> I'm sure it didn't actually happen on a lesson to But he must have got him to simulate the act of masturbation. Roll the film! He must have... <laughs> <laughs> he must... Going to simulate the act of masturbation. Well, no, because the story suggests that it's about eye lines he was trying to get an, uh, an idea about. Right. Not, not whether he could actually see the man masturbating. <laughs> um, 
extraordinary. The case then resumed at uh, Cumbria Magistrates Court, where the district judge said he believed the complainants were sincere in what they, they, they had alleged. However, he added, they believe what they say they are saying is true, but this isn't the same as being correct. After the trial began early Thanks this, for that, judge. Yeah. <laughs> after the trial began early this month, hundreds of people took to social networking sites Facebook, praising Mr. Blunt's teaching skills and pouring school on the allegations. Mr. Blunt said yesterday, the judge said it all. I'm just relieved. I'm extremely grateful to anyone who joined the support campaign, and this, uh, this brings closure to it. On November 8th last year, Mr. Blunt entered the cinema to watch The Sapphires, a film by an all-girl Aboriginal singing group starring Chris, Chris O'Dwan. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, O'Dowd. Is O'Dowd. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the mother and daughter had been the only ones in the cinema apart from Mr. Blunt and had sat... Uh, four rows between uh, four rows behind him. It didn't say that in the original story. That's a, that's quite a lot to try and to, to, to make the allegation that he was masturbating in the cinema. Four rows behind. Easy, bro. <laughs> what, is he, what is he to masturbate, or is he to at least you make the allegation? If you want to masturbate in the cinema, I'll make sure it's four rows or more. At least four rows. <laughs> um, sorry, no, more than four rows. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Defence solicitor Jonathan Holmes said the layout of the cinema meant the pair would have been unable to see anything but the back of Mr. Blunt's head and they had mistaken his movements while he scratched his chest. District judge said they went to see a film they thought was a girly film. When a man walked in, they were instinctively wary, the daughter frightened. <laughs> that instant impression clouded what came next. <laughs> it's not the end of a Poirot episode, this. Yeah. Um, he said from visiting the cinema and sitting where they were, it would have been very difficult for them to see much of Mr. Bullet's body, especially in dim light. He added, from their sense of apprehension and anxiety that a man had walked in, this affected their interpretation of his movements. So there we go. There's some comments, um, but largely, um, I have to say, they're just in support of Mr. Mr. Blunt. Um, but I would just finish off with this comment from R. Lewis, who says, The fact this case even came to court on the word of some obviously deluded woman is beyond belief. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important just to clarify at the end of this story then that Mr Blunt is not, and I repeat, not a wanker. (laughs) Or a tosser. (laughs) Rob, I'm going to finish the podcast... That's fine. ...with the second editor's eye. Of Midas's Eye Sandwich. Um, it was only released today, but it was posted in the morning. And as of now, there are no comments on this story. Uh, I don't know if this is his most extraordinary article yet. I, I'm just going to read it to you, and I think I'd like you to do a psychological analysis of it afterwards. Actually, Alex, that's, that's a lot of build-up for, for this story, I have to say. Uh, no, seriously, I think it might be his strangest one yet. And I just want you to listen to it. it uh, the, the, I just found this very odd. Okay? Okay. I want you to listen to it, and then maybe you could to think about it, what it tells us about him psychologically. Right. Do I need to take, take any notes? <clears throat> uh, well, you can if you want. Okay. It's not even that long. Okay, so it's released today, on the 14th of March, the day we're recording, at New Shopper, Andrew Parks, Editor's Eye, Why Childbirth is Tough on Dads as Well as Mums. Right. Initial thoughts? I think let's get to the meat of the story. Did they have it right in days gone by, maternal family members at the birth, while Dad stayed away to prepare for the homecoming? Congratulations to my friend Cathy on the birth of her lovely daughter Maisie. Mother and baby are both doing well, and if Kate is expecting a bonny baby girl, I assume he means Kate Middleton, 
Good luck mm. to their Royal Highnesses too. Well, that is what he means. In the case of Kate, hubby William will no doubt be well looked after. But according to Cathy, his friend, I wonder if it's a ginger woman, her, her other half was pretty much ignored and forgotten. Now, before the letters, stroke email, stroke tweet, stroke general abuse start... <laughs> Sorry, what? Okay. Before the letters, stroke email, stroke tweet, stroke general abuse, stroke Is that shit... Your, your, your children before uh, <laughs> Andrew, was it? Stroke... Now, before the letter, stroke email, stroke tweet, stroke general abuse, stroke shit through the letterbox start, <laughs> I inserted the last bit. Right. I know childbirth is no walk in the park. However, <laughs> however, women are genetically designed for the job, and a huge amount of care and attention is quite rightly lavished upon them. Sadly, the same cannot be said for their partners. There is a modern preoccupation with insisting the man attends the birth, despite this flying in the face of nature. What? Now, I'm not saying it's wrong for the man to be there... But it's now almost impossible for him to say no. Whatever he thinks. And if he is present there, there is nothing done to prepare him for this most horrendous ordeal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Obviously, already emotionally charged and deprived of sleep, he will then face seeing the person he loves most in the world, subjected to the most painful and traumatic ordeal, and yet be powerless to do anything about it. This can have a profound and lasting effect on the man. Most men will continue to attend birth, the birth of their children, whether the decision is theirs or induced by their partner. But more should be done. <laughs> but more should be done to recognise the huge effect of this world-changing event will have on them. If nothing else, having been starved of rest, proper food, and with their emotions shot. They should be warned to take crazy talking about. They should be warned to take great care when driving away from the hospital for the first time. That's the end of the story. There are no comments. Andrew, you're obviously traumatized by the birth of your child. Whenever that took place, it's still haunting you. I have advised you live on this podcast, where it's recorded, to seek professional help. That that story, Rob. He is talking about him. No. His friend has just given birth. She said something about the husband being there. It's taken him back in time to when he was there, the trauma. And he's gone off on a rant where he says, I understand that it's difficult for women, but then has gone on and on and on about the men will be starved of rest, proper food, their emotions should not be where they should be, and therefore they shouldn't be expected to attend the birth. But the woman, by the way... Who presumably is just is all very calm and very relaxing. This man is... What is wrong with this man, to quote you from episodes past? Okay. What are your... Sorry, I've gone off. <coughs> no, 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 no. There's a, a British philosopher called Barnett Newman. Um, who uh, once said a quote, which I, I've quoted me quite many times. Uh, <laughs> very popular things to say, Rob. Yeah. Um, but um, the quote is... Get it the right. first signs of an impending nervous breakdown is the belief that one's work is terribly important. Yes. Um, and I think this article uh, is the epitome of uh, Andrew Park's nervous breakdown. But, well, I mean, just imagine if you're one of his children who mistakenly came across his article. Or he showed it to them. Yeah, <laughs> which is more than likely, let's be fair. Why is it the most painful and traumatic ordeal? Does he mean watching a, a, a baby come out of their partner's... 
I mean, let's face it. Reproductive I mean, organs. Is he saying that's what's traumatic? Surely it could be seen as a joyous thing. Presumably well, the birth opinion. of his child was traumatic. And presumably he crashed the car as he left. Because to end an article with, they should be warned to take great care when driving away from hospital for the first time, is such a random thing to say that one assumes that he pranged his car. <laughs> Maybe, and, and, and that, that prang, and he's associated with this really traumatic event. Um, it just sounds like he, he, he just feels that he, he wasn't getting the due uh, care and attention that he, he, he rightly deserved. It does, it does it sound, like, does sound it? like he's saying that in this moment he became jealous of all the attention being given to his partner and this new baby. What about me? I'm out here. I was down the business end. You should have saw what I saw. <laughs> yeah. I was traumatised. Did I get the support I needed? <laughs> I crashed the car when I left the hospital. I think he got home and uh, spelled out get help with uh, afterbirth. <laughs> I like the impression that he got home and like with all the congratulation cards, just got home, literally, all the lights off. And maybe poured himself a single <laughs> a single whiskey and just started ripping up the cards. And then no, literally just going, No! First night, his wife puts the boat away, his wife's got the baby, she settles it down for a second, she comes downstairs, you know, to come see him, and he just goes. It's all about you, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Are you going to ask me how I am? <laughs> hey, nobody's even asked me all day. I crashed that car. What about me? <laughs> You're genetically built for this. I'm not. He says it goes against nature for men to be there at the birth. What is he talking when about? Does that ever... Surely in nature, surely way back before hospitals and everything, men would, a partner would have been there when their partner gave birth. Is he suggesting that back in the dawn of man, the guy was like... I'm not having this. See, I'm off to hunt a moose. I think he means in the animal like, kingdom. Oh. I really think he means in, like, in I don't know, maybe when, when uh, a do, lioness has given birth but the do, lion isn't there because maybe he's out hunting providing... But is he not there or is he there? I've I have no idea. Know. I've never... <laughs> but like, why is he drawing his comparisons to the animal kingdom? I don't know. What, 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 have you ever heard the suggestion that man, that man, it's unnatural for the man not to attend? Surely, if 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 your your partner was giving birth to your child, I do know you some, want to be. You there. do know that in some cultures that the men isn't there. The man isn't there. Yeah. Is it? No, is it? No, no, no. Maybe it's natural for man. Maybe to... it's the fact that in the llama farm near his house, it's not natural for the the, the, the partners to, to be present when the llama's given birth. Why is it, all na- is it natural for a man to? Eh? Should it, I would have, I, that's the first time I've ever put something into Google and not got a hit, not got it come up. I put, is it natural for man to attend birth? Nothing. Not a single hit. Is it natural? No, nothing about it. Is it natural? Should should, should what about should men? Yeah, should men attend the birth of their children, <laughs> the birth of their child? Should men attend birth? Should your bloke be? I've there? got a nasty. F- I've just got this nasty impression that he's walking upstairs just when the baby's asleep. Maybe just sort of gently wakes the baby up and, and just little bends over, and goes, "You better watch yourself, yeah." <laughs> oh, done. <laughs> but I kind of, yeah, but I, but I can't imagine every time he sees it's not all about you, you know. <laughs> um, this week, uh, the Mail reported on a new survey which said fathers should be allowed to stay overnight in hospital on the day their baby is born. But hang on, a top obstetrician, he says. When a woman goes into labour, her partner should still stay well, well, stay, still stay well away. And they've said to utter such thing over the past few decades would have been regarded as heresy. But he's been involved in childbirth for 50 years. He says there's little good to come for either sex from having man at the birth of a child. He says for the woman, the presence is a hindrance and a significant factor in why labours are longer. So this is in 50 years of experience. And he says it results in being more painful. And for the man, apparently, it, started, it can often start a chain of events that leads to the couple's divorce. <laughs> 
<laughs> Women should be left alone during the birth, and the bloke should be down the pub. Getting the beers in. Hooray! A fitting way to end, I feel. <laughs> I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Rob, that's the end of the podcast. Very enjoyable one, and I hope you agree. Yes. Um, any orders of business? No. No. Take care. God bless. Oh.